almost like a Fred Flintstones getting the car moving, you know, <laughs> you know, it's like kind of <laughs> absolutely trying to push the song literally. Hello and welcome to We Made You a Song, a podcast by the Steel Wheels and producing partner WMRA. My name is Trent Wagler of the Steel Wheels. I'll be your host today as we talk about a strange song-making process in strange times. This podcast is a companion to our new album, Everyone a Song, Volume 2, now available anywhere you stream your music, also available on vinyl, CDs. Uh, You can find everything about it at thesteelwheels.com. Makes great stocking stuffers, depending on how big your stocking is. This week, our song is called... Where Our Future Begins. It's where my future begins. So this week, we come home, at least for me, uh, to Harrisonburg, Virginia, to try to commemorate an amazing organization in the Northeast neighborhood of Harrisonburg for 25 years of serving as a home away from home for local children. The song was commissioned by the Boys and Girls Club of Harrisonburg and Rockingham County, which is located in the Sims Center, and we'll hear a little bit about that later. Let's hear from some of the leaders of the Boys and Girls Club. My name is Sandra Quigg. I serve as the executive director of the Boys and Girls Club, and uh, my involvement in the song is to be the humble recipient of such a lovely piece of work. And I am Andy Huggins, and I'm uh, proud to be a part of the Boys and Girls Club since its beginning 25 years ago. Um, and I've served pretty much on every <laughs> every committee and held every office. And um, my involvement with the song is I've, I've been um, a big fan of Trent Wagner and Steel Wills for many, many years and um, have followed them from their uh, beginnings and um I've also been a proud sponsor of the Red Wing um, Music Festival. It's been a family reunion for my uh, family, my two daughters and their, my grandson. And so um, as we were planning our 25th anniversary coming up, I thought, wouldn't it be great to have a song about the club and the 25-year history and all the kids that we've served in our community? So uh, I uh, called Trent and said, hey, can you do a club about our kids? And that's how it happened. So. The significance of the Boys and Girls Club in this neighborhood is is huge. The location in the Sims Center is not by accident. It's fortunate that it was inappropriate that it should be named for Lucy Sims, who taught the majority of this neighborhood. Uh, last week, uh, the state put a new um, marker up outside of uh, the building and so now people can go there and, and learn about Lucy S. Sims. She, of course, was uh, born into slaves. And um, that area right there is where her she grew up. I'm trying to think which college she went to. In, um, uh, Hampton. In Hampton College. And uh, then got a degree, came back, and literally taught thousands of kids in that community. Uh, the thing about without education, there cannot be freedom. And so... Um, that whole area of Harrisonburg is a tremendous uh, benefit from her teachings. And for the Boys and Girls Club to then inherit that space is phenomenal. You know, bigger than life shoes to fill as far as 
how can the club serve the community as well as someone like Lucy Sims? Um, in my mind, it's hope, opportunity, fun, and caring that you might not always have in your day-to-day life. It's more than just a, you know, a babysitting service. You know, there's a power hour where the kids come in and they, you know, they work with caring mentors who uh, make sure they get the homework done first. You got to get the homework done first. There's a healthy snack. So there's a holistic approach to, to their growth. And then there's, there's activity, physical activity playing. Uh, there's also music opportunity. Um, and it's kind of interesting. There, there are times when the parents come to get them, uh, Trent, they don't want to go home. They want to stay there. So, uh, that says we're doing something right, I think. And so, um, so it really is a healthy, uh, um, environment for, um, for the, for the parents, for the kids. Um, and, uh, it's also fun is, uh, by the way, fun is my middle name. You probably knew that. So. Fun, fun is what keeps them coming back. Yeah. We hide, right. we hide all those things in fun. It's a secret ingredient. Don't tell anyone. That's right. <laughs> Give me a game to play, a rhyme to say, an easy way to know that I belong. It's my club. So Andy and Sandra wanted me to write a song for this organization's 25th anniversary. And this is a little bit of a tricky challenge because most songs in this project have been based off of a specific story or a specific person, but an organization over the years has amassed thousands of stories for thousands of people. And so now you, you kind of have to think about what can I write that's a universal, you know, I mean, do you write the mission statement into a song? How do you write it so it doesn't become cheesy or doesn't sound like... A mission statement. Um, so that was the challenge. And I decided that I did want to do that. I kind of wanted it to be almost an anthem that kids who are going to the Boys and Girls Club today could sing the chorus. Uh, but I could also imagine people who went to the Boys and Girls Club 20 years ago listening to this song and seeing themselves in it. So I remembered uh, when I thought about how an organization like this invests in children and builds for our community's future, and all those things sound like such platitudes, but it reminded me of a conversation I remember having with an organic farmer years ago when I was first understanding what is organic farming. I grew up on a farm, and it was very conventional farming with pesticides and herbicides, and I was trying to understand why, how can you make it work without all of that? And the organic farmer talked about that instead of putting these things on the plant to help it kill off unwanted pests or unwanted disease, instead they primarily focus on building up the healthiest soil so that the plant itself is rooted so deeply and so strong from the beginning that it can fend off those pests and those diseases. And that was it. That's what I feel like the Boys and Girls Club is all about. So that found its way into the chorus, and I started working on different images in the verses, and I had it started, I started to build it out, but I knew pretty quickly that I wanted a bridge. It was feeling a little bit 
just too repetitive and verse chorusy, and I I could see it feeling a little cliche, and so. I started to build out this bridge that I wanted to sort of zoom out lyrically and think about that person who went to the Boys and Girls Club years ago and now finds themselves with a family or a job. And, you know, any of us, wherever we're at as adults, it's so hard to track all of the influences, all of the models, the role models that got us to where we are today. But I think most of us, if we're honest, there are certain little milestones along the way that we could say that teacher, that family member, that friend, or that Boys and Girls Club is what helped to make me, to mold me. And for participants at the Boys and Girls Club at Sims Center, much like the people who learned from Lucy Sims herself, um, the club had a big hand in molding these individuals. So I had the song and I passed it off to my bandmates. And as I always do in the podcast, I sit down with some of those bandmates and talk about it. So here's Kevin Garcia to talk about the production of Where Our Future Begins. The song really does kind of take a quite a journey because um, it starts out very almost like happy-go-lucky. Yeah. It's like got this, you know, kind of um, roving beat uh, to it that, that like, um, you know, I kind of took a nod from your rhythms. Um, and I put this uh, it's almost like a um, like a Brazilian biome. Uh, you know, just kind of making it fit with the song. Um, and I played with brushes, which also kind of made it like, a you know, uh scoochy type of a song like you know ooh, we're just like you know we can get all the little shoulder movements in there and you know shaking yeah. our head real fast you know and um so it had this almost like a uh, danceable happy-go-lucky thing going on and then um kind of apropos of nothing uh jay decided on the on these on the bridge to kind of like really put these very strong, almost like reggae, like tough gong style guitars in there. And he originally didn't have the delay on his on his guitar. So it wasn't like quite full on reggae. And so I ended up uh, putting a little bit more of that delay in there to really kind of drive it home. And I put a timbale up and played some timbale calls, you know, yeah. I heard what Jay was 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 saying. I was like, okay, man, let's go full on. And, uh, <laughs> really, really tried to to make it out there, and then nice. you know came, came right back into this kind of like happy go lucky beat, you know. <laughs> yeah, but know. it also yeah, like it also enabled the last part of the song after the bridge to kind of be be bigger. Mm -hmm. And um, was there even more of like a march kind of snare thing you did at the end? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I brought in kind of the the snares at that point, and um, it, and, and yeah, it literally just syncopated the rhythm that I was already playing with the brushes, but just played it on snare drum to kind of give it a drive. Mm -hmm. um, you know, almost like a, a Fred Flintstones getting the car moving. You know, <laughs> you know, it's like kind of. <laughs> Absolutely. Trying to push push the song literally with uh, you know, 
with, with my feet, but yeah. obviously with my hands. <laughs> I think that bridge real, like it, it does more than probably any other song on this collection. It just like suddenly stops and, and changes and, uh, and becomes its own little thing, like its own little scene. I would say it's definitely the most reggae moment of anything the Steel Wheels have ever recorded. I, I think that's fair to say. <laughs> I, I think probably, because um, it is pretty full on, full on reggae and full on dub. I mean, it, it, it almost took me back to college, you know, looking at one of those like black light posters and a lava lamp and like, you know, listening to, <laughs> you know, Bob Marley, uh, you know, full blast and just yeah. like, you know, spacing out, just being like, whoa, this is amazing. Um, <laughs> but I was like, okay, we're not a reggae band. I will only dip my toe in the water. <laughs> that's right. But uh, yeah, it was it was so much fun. That, that, and that's another perfect example of, yeah, where we got to, uh, you know, experiment without um, having the pressure of being in a studio um, where we, we had to, you know, it's like we're on the clock and it's like, you know, are we right. going to take an extra three hours to uh, build this bridge concept where it's like a complete departure? I don't know. It was it was a it was a time period for which I don't think can be easily replicated in the future, unless right. we all decide to <laughs> abandon going into major studios and just make <laughs> records from home all the time, which I'm totally happy doing. <laughs> I love recording on my on my bunny slippers, you know. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I've got Jay Lapp here. Uh, Jay, I already talked with Kevin a little bit about the bridge of this song and about some of the unexpected twists and turns. Um, but I want to hear from you where where you found the inspiration to put in your parts to where our future begins. Totally, yeah. I mean, this song really just has a few chapters for me as far as how I... How, how I approached it, what I was hearing, and what I was uh, being influenced by at the time. So, in where our future begins, there's uh, there's a part where um, there's this melody line, and it it goes like down 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 uh, and uh, something like that. Um, and you know that it really reminded me of kind of these melody lines whether it be from like buffalo springfield or some of those you know bands back then but you know one of the big things was this i, I tried to emulate kind of this um this rickenbacker 12 string guitar sound down so i i i plugged in my electric guitar that i have which is not a rickenbacker 12 string yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and but i <clears throat> i tried my best to kind of match up the tone and then i added a um octave pedal to it and and um, added in a little bit of the sub octave and then the higher octave just to kind of give it that uh, twelve string sound, and um, so that very much is a a pointed influence on on kind of where I came up with that melody line um, for for that song, um, not the melody line for the song, but just kind of that electric guitar riff, um, and so I wanted to point that out that that's just sort of how I was hearing it and and uh, where that came from. And then, you know, it really, 
then I kind, I kind, I'm circling back around to this sort of this reggae part that Trent was talking about, and um, I don't know. I was I was probably listening to like Frank Zappa's "Shake Your Booty" or something like that, and um, I heard this this guitar part in there. Boom, 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 boom. And um, that reminded me of some stuff that Zappa was doing. I'm, I know I'm talking about that a lot, but that's where I was, folks. That's where I was like, that's where my head was. And um, and then same with the vocal parts, too. There's just like these ahs and, um, you know, it's all part of that stacking these layers. And I was just like, hell, yeah, this is what I'm doing. This is where it's going. Um, this is what I like to hear. And. You know, in that instant, it really was kind of, I don't know how this is going to land with the rest of the band. The path I'm taking. Um, I have no idea, but I'm going to stick with this for now and, and see where that goes. That one spot where it's the like, ooh, and then the ah, like that, in that like, I just feel like you nailed it as a like an homage and just... Yeah, and it's a great, like, I think if people have never heard Zappa, it doesn't sound way out of bounds. I know a lot of Zappa heads would be like, I don't even hear anything at all going on there. But <laughs> um, but that's the subtle influence, you know, that kind of comes in. And at least to me, like, that's, um, you know, that's the way I feel it and the way that, it, that, um, that I brought that to the table. I think one of the things that I've always appreciated about your influence on the band and your the way you take in music, uh, because I'm a very lyrically driven person, uh, both in how I consume and listen to music. You know, I'm maybe on this this side of like lyric lyrics being pretty high priority in 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 how the music sort of sits for me. And for you, I feel like you take in music from a much more just like the sounds and the lyrical meanings behind things are are in there. But even that sometimes is a more musical thing where you're listening to how the words make music and how the poetry sounds rather than taking literal meanings. Oh, and yeah. so I think you bring in some of those influences and you have a very, like, what I like about it is you don't seem to have a real judgmental or, like, prejudice uh, about, like, what it, you know, a guy like me wouldn't be into that music or whatever. You're just, like, you listen to it, and on its face, you're like, I don't like that, or, like, that rocks, and and it feels like it could be as broad as some country artist that, you know, is, is pulling in something that just really grabs your ear, or it could be Zappa, or it could be something from hip-hop, or it could be whatever, and you just have a pretty flat, like, I'm gonna listen for what, you know, the merit that it's bringing to the table. I've always been kind of a, uh, you know, I love lyrics. I, I like I like the content of lyrics, um, but it's not my first, it's not the first thing I gravitate to when I listen to music. I listen to what's going on sonically, the textures that are happening, just these little things that are like literally speaking to me as if they were words and, um, and a melody line and, you know, just, so, you know, by the, the by the instruments, um, and just the the melody or the or, or the chorus of a song um yeah those those things are have always spoken to me and um and it's not like the lyrics come second but they you know but they i guess if i'm if i'm really honest like they kind of do like you know it, it's you know it, it plays 
obviously a very huge role, but man, you know what I what I just hear first and um, are the instruments. It's our club. So with the full song complete, we handed it back to Sandra and Andy. What did you guys think? So just personally, when I heard the song, you know, um, not being involved in that kind of creative process, it's hard to know what the creators feel like, uh, but the recipients... Uh, it's always miraculous to me. Like, whoa, it's like a birth. Like you did that. Um, Cause it was just a conversation and it was, you were able to pick up on the subtleties and the rhythms of the club with, in my mind, with not a lot of prompting. Like, I don't know how you do that. So it was just remarkable. Um, and then we were, we sort of revealed it slowly so we did we showed it to our board and there was absolute silence there was like the the couple seconds of like whoa and i didn't ask but my assumption is they're all thinking what i was thinking like how did they do that (laughs) magic (laughs) as you know i had asked you to do this for our 25th anniversary uh, and um, we had this uh, event called big night it's our um it's our largest fundraiser of the year and each year it has a different theme. And, um, last year we weren't able to have it, of course, cause of COVID. And so, um, we had uh, planned to do it virtual, but anyway, uh, and then it ended up being three planning for three events, the live event. We had about 75 live at the Joshua Wilton house. And that's where it all started, by the way, the big night started. Y'all just knocked it out of the damn park with this thing. It's, you know, I know it's only five of you, but it sounded like a, it sounded like the Mormon Tabernacle Choir. Y'all overlaid it so many times. It's like, oh my gosh! So like, uh, it was pretty. It was really uh, spectacular. So I'm getting chills just just talking about it. So I think uh, too at the event when we revealed the song, um, like Andy said, we had we had a small audience live there. So we I don't know what happened when people were watching it at home, but at the event. Um, it was a little bit the opposite of what, you know, the board meeting was just silence because everybody was wowed at the event. It was just, Well, there's also alcohol involved too. <laughs> <laughs> so it, it uh, magnifies your, uh, your spirit. Just to, just to take it there's down a peg or two. Uh, uh, <laughs> so anyway, it really was thrilling and uh, it, it really set the night off. Here's the complete song. Where our future begins.
You can check out the organization of the Boys and Girls Club at bgchr.org. A big thank you to Andy Huggins, Sandra Quigg, and everyone at the Boys and Girls Club for inspiring the song. If you're located in Harrisonburg, or if you happen to find yourself in our friendly city, go check out the historical marker recently put up outside of the Sims Center and the home of the Boys and Girls Club to honor Lucy Sims and all that she did for educating and lifting up all people, but particularly people of color in our community. And as always, I thank my bandmates, and particularly this week, Jay Lapp and Kevin Garcia for talking shop on the song. And as always, thank you to Matt Bingay for editing the podcast. Our presenting sponsor is Old Hill Cider, located in Timberville, Virginia. It's a beautiful time of year to warm yourself up by the fire with a nice hard cider. You can check out Old Hill Cider at showaltersorchard.com. They have a holiday wassail, uh, the Virginia wassail that I know they're canning and working up right now. But if you're not into the seasonal ciders, uh, they have a variety, a selection from sweet to dry, something for everybody. Go and check out Old Hill Cider, Timberville, Virginia, 
showwaltersorchard.com. Well, that about does it for this week. Uh, As I send you out, I want you to think about somebody who deeply impacted you in your life, who's influenced you in a powerful way, a person maybe from your family or from school or work, or maybe it was a boys and girls club that really impacted you. And if you haven't done this ever, or maybe in a while, take the time to give them a little note, uh, a little message to tell them what they meant to you. It's important that we remember and we give that feedback to the people who helped get us to where we are. I, I'll, I'll, I'll lead by example. I had a teacher uh, and a debate coach in high school who pushed me and challenged me, but always found ways to encourage. He inspired me to use my voice confidently no matter how likely or unlikely it might be that people are going to listen. So I want to thank Mr. Greg Grafman for all that you did at Haven High School for those, uh, those years that you were there, and you helped to build me into the person that I am. So until next week, thanks for listening. You know, we make these podcasts because we enjoy talking about it. We make these songs because we love making songs. We love digging into silence and listening along with you and to try to create music that has value in and of itself. But when you hear it, that's when it becomes complete. Because we don't just make a song for ourselves. We made you a song.